Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Spookeasy Podcast. I'm your host, Nia, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Hello. This week, we are discussing an urban legend that is said to haunt Northern Virginia. The Bunny Man. Bunny Man. <laughs> bunny Man. Just in time for Easter. Just in time. Hippity hopping along. Hippity hopping along. So if you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to share this show with a friend. Let them know. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell your dogs. Tell your dogs. Tell your cats. Tell your mom. Tell, definitely tell your mom. Tell your mom I said what up. Especially if you got hot moms. <laughs> all the moms. <laughs> Shout all, out all the moms. Yeah, that's, that's the trick. All moms are hot moms. <laughs> you can reach us at the spookeasypod uh, at um, gmail.com. Social medias. <laughs> Slide in the DMs, hot moms. <laughs> for those of you 21 and up, Austin has a delicious cocktail recipe for you. Let him have it. This one's for all the hot moms out there. For all the hot... Shout out the hot moms. Shout out hot moms. This week, in sticking with the theme of vodka... Vodka. Vodka. We have an espresso martini. This cocktail made its debut in the 80s, so it's not that old. That's a pretty recent cocktail. You know what I mean? Not as new as some of the ones we had last month. Right. Which were very fresh. Fresh closed. Uh, these, <laughs> this comes from the 80s and uh, comes from the Brits. All right, Surprisingly, all right. it's, not, it's not tea made. So we have the espresso martini crafted in the 80s by a British bartender, Dick Bradsell. Oh, Dick. Oh, Dick. Oh, man. And he was at Fred's Club in London. Fred knows Dick? Fred knows Dick. <laughs> oh, okay. And Dick Fred knows and Dick. Fred. <laughs> Fred and Dick. Um, in the club. Popping bottles. Six feet away because they're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Coming straight from Fred's house, Dick was slinging <laughs> this cocktail for apparently, so a legend says, Mr. Dick Bradsell mm-hmm. was approached by a top model of the time. A oh. British top model. Interesting. Sorry, Tyra. All right. No, name remains nameless. Who politely asked for something that would wake her the fuck up uh-huh. and get her fucked up. Okay. So she said no to cocaine. So gotcha. he said, yeah, you know. <laughs> she said, you can't be drunk on cocaine. <laughs> um, and thus the legend is done. That, that was the legend. <laughs> and he made the espresso martini. And for this drink, you will need, if you have an espresso machine, go ahead and make a cup. Put that bitch in a freezer for just like a minute or two. Okay. That way you can chill it without cool or without uh, ice. watering it down. Yeah. And that way it won't melt all your ice when you go to shake it. Yeah. Because like, you know, fresh espresso, best what? Mm-hmm. It is best what? Mm-hmm. Gets that flavor really in there. Um, otherwise, cold brew concentrate works fine. Okay. Um, don't dilute it, just straight up, because you know you really want that coffee flavor. So, this is a martini, so you're not shaking this, right? No, you are shaking. You are shaking. You are shaking. So, could you use coffee, like espresso ice cubes? Well, it's a martini, so it's coming neat. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, you could shake it down and it would still, it's dilution. Like, yeah. if you wanted a real fucking coffee way to do this drink, mm-hmm. 
you could do coffee in every fucking stage. Okay. You could do a, let me round it up. Let me get through what you need first. Okay. So you need right. the espresso. All right. You're going to need a vodka, mm-hmm. unflavored. Preferably Ukrainian. Or seasoned, however you would like. Preferably Ukrainian. You're going to need a simple syrup, and you're going to need Kahlua. Okay. Kahlua making a comeback. Four parter. Good to rock. All right. It has been very coffee flavored. If you mm-hmm. notice, I like vodka as, like I said, dessert drinks. It's where it really shines. <laughs> to go the extra coffee route, you mm-hmm. could do an infused simple syrup. You could do a sweetened cream if you want cream in it. Cream isn't traditional in the espresso martini, but, you know, using Bailey's instead of Kahlua is popular. Or Kahlua and Bailey's together sometimes. Sometimes one, sometimes the other. Traditionally, no cream. But you can go cream route. That's absolutely fine. Whatever. You can do fucking maple syrup. As your simple syrup, like, make it a breakfast thing. Like, you can go all kinds of routes. Mm. But you can infuse it with coffee. Mm -hmm. You can make a coffee-infused simple syrup. You could make a cold-brewed vodka. Mm -hmm. Um, You could do espresso ice cubes. Okay. For your shaking. So, you're going to need that shaker strainer, a martini glass. Okay. It's a neat drink, so it doesn't fill up a lot of glass. So, just, you know know that without the ice it doesn't look like a lot i mean put ice in it it's not a super strong drink so it's not something necessarily that you want watering down as you're going like, okay. you don't necessarily want it weaker that's why martinis well i mean other than straight because them bitches are just a big chilled shot of vodka mm-hmm. but i mean that's why like, you, I, you don't want that water down mm-hmm. so yeah there is a reasoning behind it, but again, it's it's your house. Get fucking reckless, dude. Don't listen to the rules. <laughs> Here rules. are the rules. Now, don't listen to them. Listen, here's the thing. I don't know what you kids are up to, but I do know one thing. Laws are threats made by the dominant socioeconomic ethnic group in a given nation. It's just a promise of violence that's enacted, and police are basically an occupying army. You know what I mean? You guys want to make some bacon? And who's that by? Brennan Lee Mulligan from <laughs> is from one of the D&D games. <laughs> So put ice in your martini. So like, put who cares? ice in your fucking martini, dude. <laughs> so, like, you know, just live your life, bro. Live your life. You're going to need two ounces of vodka. You're going to need a half ounce of Kahlua or whatever coffee liqueur you're using. Uh ounce of espresso or your cold brew concentrate. Again, that espresso should be cooled down. Ounce. It's not. Is that a cup of espresso? Two to three ounces. Two to three. Okay, yeah. so not the whole glass or the whole cup. And then a half ounce of your simple syrup or sweetener of choice. And just shake the hell out of it. It'll it'll make like a little head. Okay. And it, it, presentation-wise, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. So shake the hell out of it. And then, yeah, straighten that out into your coop and then get fancy with it. Your Grab coop a couple, or your martini glass. Or your, actually, coops work too. Okay. Coops. Presentation-wise, look very nice. So, coupe or martini glass. Mm-hmm. Just neat. However you're drinking it. Just strain it into your... In your palms. Vehicle, into the vehicle <laughs> that is taking it to your mouth. Go ahead and pour that in there. And then get classy with it and grab a couple espresso beans. You can put them in there fancy. You can just put them in there. Um, you want to be real, real classy. Get yourself a, a stencil. Put it on great 
chocolate flakes ah. over top or not chocolate flakes but you know you want a chocolate bar so it'll like shavings you want real mm-hmm. shavings if you're using like a stencil and then you get like a little stencil on the head that's it's really fancy. not a thick enough head so like you gotta be quick with it but and it's gotta be light but i mean now you guys try it out making like latte art and shit. you're out here at home man <laughs> give it a shot be be great there you go enjoy so this week we are taking a trip to fairfax county virginia we're gonna discuss a pretty it's pretty popular that herbal legend started in virginia and then has kind of just gone across dc and maryland okay some uh variations involve a man wearing a rabbit costume that attacks people with an axe or a hatchet okay um a lot of the stories feels very donnie darko yeah you know and i don't know if that that rabbit might have was inspired yeah might have been inspired by the bunny man richard kelly was born in Newsport News, Virginia. Was he from New Virginia? Yeah. Ah. So maybe yeah, it was inspired by the Bunny Man. Maybe some some pieces, yeah. That's pretty cool. Interesting. So yeah, most of the stories occur around the Colchester Overpass, which is a southern railway overpass spanning over um, Colchester Road in Clifton, Virginia. It's also known as the Bunny Man Bridge. Also, fun fact: uh, Donnie Darko occurs. In Virginia. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it might, yeah, it must be inspired by the Bunny Man. Yeah, I don't know if it, like, directly references the fact that, like, Bunny Man. Right. So I'm going to actually read the legend of the Bunny Man. And then I have another story. Okay. Like an actual story. But this is just, like, to give you the legend of it. In 1904, an asylum prison in Clifton, Virginia, was shut down by a successful petition by the growing population of residents in Fairfax County. During the transfer of inmates to the new facility, the transport carrying the inmates crashed, and some prisoners escaped, and some were found dead. So, a search party was sent out to find all of them. All were found except for one inmate, Douglas J. Griffin. After his disappearance, locals allegedly began to find clearly allegedly to find clearly skinned, half-eaten carcasses mm. of rabbits hanging okay. from trees. I thought we were gonna say people. No, <laughs> uh, we were gonna say people. Yeah. Like, Ooh, we started <laughs> off strong. God dang. Um, of rabbits hanging from trees nearby a bridge overpass, locally known as the Bunny Man Bridge. A second party was sent to a second party was sent to search the area and they found the carcass of Marcus Walster, who was the only who was found in a similar way as the rabbits. So he was Oh skin. shit, they did find they skin, did skin one, Yeah, find one skin also body. Game of Thrones shit. <laughs> Eventually they did find Griffin, and he had barely escaped due to being hit by an oncoming train. Griffin died exactly where the original transport crashed. Officers later found that Griffin was institutionalized for killing his family and children on Easter Sunday. Oh, no. So so for years after the death of Douglas J. Griffin, carcasses were found hanging on on Halloween, and some people even claim that they see the Bunny Man on the bridge. So that is the legend of the Bunny Man. Man. So wait, so he's the one that skinned the body? 
and then went back and died where the train was? He um, got hit by a train. Uh-huh. And that's how he died. He got hit by but a train. But not on at the same time as the accident. No. So that like the bus. He made it through the accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Murdered the bunnies. Went around the bunnies, skinning bunnies. Skinned the people. Skinned the other dude, the other inmate. Uh-huh. Just and one, though. Just because everybody else were was either captured. Right. I believe, I, I I think, like, they ran off. Oh, okay. They escaped together. And then the train got him. And then he killed the other dude. Right. I don't know if there's some... For some munch munch, or right, you know, just cause whatever reasons are it was a Tuesday. Right. I don't know. It might have been Tuesday. It might have been Tuesday. Um, but yeah. then Tuesdays are rough days. Right? Yeah, you know. Um, but then he was hit by a train at some point. Well, so he didn't even have a chance to be a serial murderer. To be great, huh? a train's a hero. <laughs> Give that train a key to the city. A goddamn <laughs> national hero. <laughs> I want a new story with train right now. Is that train available for an interview? <laughs> so, like, a lot of legends, it's based in a realm of fact. Right. Something happened. Something happened, and then things just elaborated off of it. So there's a historian um, who works at the Fairfax County Public Library. His name is Brian Conley. And he did extensive research into the bunny life, like spanning over years. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Doing the legwork so we don't have to. (laughs) So from his research, he did find within the area from the years of like... You good there? mm -hmm, From the years of like 1918 to... 1949 there were like a few fucking time ago yeah that was a long fucking time ago there were like a few murders that happened in that area which information surrounding the murders people kind of attributed that to the bunny man like oh the bunny man got him he was like uh this is what happened but it might be a coincidence but i'm not really right right, it's it's not a lot of evidence for me to be like oh yeah maybe this this one yeah this this is one guy doing all this. This is part of that legend. It's just right. like circumstance. Um, there were two incidents, however, where two separate people reported that there was a man in a rabbit costume who was threatening people with an axe. Okay. Both of them. Inspired by the bunny man or inspired the bunny man? And I think this inspired the legend. Okay. The first incident on October 19th, 1970. There was a uh, Air Force Academy cat- cadet, Robert Bennett, who was with his fiance, who was, and they were visiting family around that area. The two went to a football game, and they were returning that night, and they got into their car. We're sitting there, not you know, port doesn't necessarily say what they were doing, but they were in the car. <laughs> they were in the car. They were sitting in the car with a motor running, and then they heard something moving outside the car. Well, moments later, the front passenger window was smashed in. Oh, shit. And there was somebody dressed in, like, a white costume that was standing next to the broken window. Hmm? White costume in Virginia. We'll get to that. Bennett turned on the car. He was like, I'm about to get out of here. Fuck this shit. (laughs) And then the, the guy that was that smashed the window was yelling at them saying that you're on private par- property and I have your tag number. 
they were able to escape. They drove out, went to the police station, you know, was reporting it. Bennett said that the guy looked like he was wearing a white suit with bunny ears. But then his fiance said that he didn't have bunny ears. It was actually a, a capriote, which is the Klansman hood. The hood. That's what she said that she thought that he was wearing. So, which I mean, in Virginia, Virginia, and I see someone in the white, mm-hmm. and it's got high. So, like, if you were wearing a bunny costume, I'd probably think you were a clan's costume. Mm-hmm. And if you were wearing a clan's costume, I guess I could see it as being like some fucked up backwater bunny costume. If I saw it in light and dark, I I don't know. I don't because it's dark. And like you get Homeboy flashes just smashed. Of light about, yeah. yeah, you're panicking and you're driving. Homeboy's, so she's probably got the yeah. better look. So. Exactly. He no, smashed your window. Yeah. And when they were driving away, they realized that there was an axe on the car floor because he threw it into the car to smash the window. Seems like a really aggressive way to say it's private property. Literally. Now, does it say the ethnicity of anything? They do not. And I was looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that would definitely lead to what this was. Right. Because, like, why are you dressed like that to tell people this is private property? You know, he was just getting home from a rally, so. He he didn't change out of his costume yet. They were just starving one. Yeah. yeah. You got to go. The second incident happened on um, October 29th of 1970. There was a construction security guard named Paul Phillips who was approached by a guy at on a porch of an unfinished home in Kings Park West on Guinea Road. So that's the, still the same road oh, shit. as the other incident. Um, Phillips said that the man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny costume. And he was approximately like 20 years old. So five he eight. he wasn't wearing the head? It doesn't say if he was what the costume, like if it was a full costume or if it was just the just the body suit. He's got like bunny ears. Maybe he just yeah, maybe like a headband or something like that. Wow, I don't know. Weird shit. Um, but he said that he when he approached the man, the man was chopping at the porch post with a long handled axe, saying, "You are trespass. You're trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop your head off." Okay, so he's back on the trespassing thing. Back on the trespassing thing. So the Fairfax uh, County Police started doing investigations of their own into the two incidents, but they were eventually closed because there was, like, lack of evidence. They mm-hmm. couldn't really... Figure out or find it. Exactly, yeah. And because they're or getting... Or some politician's son or some shit. Right. And, I mean, like, both incidents happened at night. Right. They couldn't find the person. They couldn't... And it was just two random incidents that happened on that span of road, but they're, like... Y'all both check saw it. them kind of out of fear. and You gotta check if a rich family lives around there. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. Their kids be wildin'. Be wildin'. There was an investigator named W.L. Johnson who was with the criminal huh. investigation... <laughs> Dick and Johnson. Dick and Johnson. <laughs> with the Criminal Investigation Bureau, Bureau. And he started doing an investigation within that last incident. Mm-hmm. He said that he didn't find a rabbit, but then he did receive a call from somebody who had worked on that uh, Kings Park West, and they claimed that they received a phone call from somebody saying that they were the axe man. 
And the axe man said, Mr. Whoever the caller was, you have been messing up my property by dumping tree stumps, limbs, and, and brush and other things onto my property. And then the axe man said, you can make everything right by meeting me tonight and talking about the situation. Um, and the, the police tried to do a stakeout, but then the axe man never showed up. Because he probably seen him. Probably. And was, was just like, I don't... It going to be his first murder. Probably. Maybe. Because he... If, if it's the same dude that did all those other incidents, I mean, he was... That would have been... Pissed know, off about it, something. Uh, progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he clearly... It, throwing an axe into a car. Yes. Yeah, and then just, like, aggressively chopping at stuff to try to deter somebody from coming up to you. Like, that dude... You're looking for... To do something. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we don't know whether the bunny man is a tale of a murderer, of a disgruntled town person, or it might be a tale of something a little bit more sinister. So we have a story. So this story is called, Have You Ever Been to Bunny Man Bridge? I have not. Neither have I. Dude, you've never heard of Bunny Man Bridge? No. I've been living in Virginia for less than six months when my buddy Scott asked me this question. I was a recent transplant from New Jersey. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. We were sitting on the lawn outside of the house we rented together, tossing back beers in a brisk evening air. No, I said. What's that? Well, back in the 70s. Some kids are out on the bridge in Clifton, right? They park near this bridge, uh, overpass thing. Looking a bang, I guess. Girl and a guy. Anyway, they park. Right before they turn off the car, Scott's left hand smacked his right palm. Bam! Window shatters. Crazy dude. Dressed like a bunny. Full bunny suit. Ears and all. Standing there. Hatchet in hand. He had smashed out their window. Warns them to leave and never come back. They haul ass out of there, right? Tell the cops that Psycho threw the hatchet at them or something. Because they had it with them. Cops never found anything. They'd find corpses out there, like, every year after that. You see how it escalates? Mm-hmm. 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 From carcasses to corpses. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. One's a, usually an animal. Uh, yeah. One, well, yeah. One tends to be a human being. True. You know, you don't look at an animal and be like, that's an animal corpse. Some people say that. I mean, definitely, for yeah. sure. But in the context of True. I found carcasses, mm-hmm. I found animal remains. Mm-hmm. I found corpses. I found bodies. Especially in the context of what he is delivering there. Telephone True. game. True. Okay. Right, take everything you hear with a grain of salt and a shot of penicillin, people. That's crazy. That is fucking crazy, though. I said. It sounded tame compared to the stories we told and retold growing up. New Jersey is a messed up place. Mothman. <laughs> that was Halloween night. And if you go out there on Halloween, the bunny man comes out and tries to chop you up. No, Scott. I finished my beer and put the empty can down in the dewy grass. We're not going out there. <laughs> We're going out there, oh, he no. said, completely ignoring me. We gotta. It's awesome. I sighed. 
You can't talk Scott out of doing stupid things. Ask any of his emergency room doctors that had to stitch his ass back together over the years. Fine. We'll go. Scott was like a kid on Christmas. It was two weeks before Halloween, and I figured he'd get drunk and forget all about it. I was wrong. Halloween crept up on me, and that entire day, Scott wouldn't stop going on and on about our trip to Bunnyman Bridge. He filled the gas tank in his Jeep, bought snacks, even paid for some decent weed to smoke on the way out there. The drive from Norfolk to Clifton took a little, little over three and a half hours. God damn. So he, he bought a lot of weed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were going way out there. It's a tiny place, lots of historical significance. Not even 300 people living out there full time. The bridge was outside of town, on the back road near some old homes. I didn't believe for a minute that a crazy killer in a bunny costume would be wandering around at midnight. It had been almost 45 years since the story first popped up. But I do believe in being prepared. I've been in the habit of carrying a small pistol with me everywhere I went since moving to the state. I wasn't stupid enough to leave it at home. We weren't trespassing, so I wasn't afraid of getting in trouble. I have my, con- my concealed carry permit. I keep it on. <laughs> Better safe than sorry, right? We rolled through the old town before midnight and made our way to the outskirts. During the day, I'm sure it was a beautiful place to visit. Old churches, a steam locomotive parked on the tracks, a true throwback to idyllic Americana of, of 60 years ago. When I first read this, I was like, I was like, for you, for you, <laughs> for who, for you. Yeah. I was like, man, I want to go back. Half the people be like, can't. You know it's problematic when the a good portion of the population is like, nah. <laughs> nah. I've been guilty of myself. i like, man, it'd be so much fun. I'm like, so you can get away with hate crimes you and mean, murder? Like, yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah, oh, dude, man, the 30, like, the swag of you're like, yeah, yeah, not so much for me. The literal oh, only reason is to be able to get away with crimes. That's it. What else is there? What else is there? What else it is there? It would be a lot easier to rob banks. I'm saying that the only the only good part of it was that you could get away with so many crimes. Yeah, the police state was not as evolved. Nope. Much more. Co- well, not. It was corrupt for much more so towards the everyman. You didn't have mm-hmm. to be a billionaire. Right. To have the police on your side. Right. You just be regular rich. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. At night, the tall peaks on the buildings cast odd angular shadows against the ground, elongated by the light of the moon. There are no street lamps or any kind of electric light. Most of the buildings oh, we yeah, racism. <laughs> most of the buildings we passed were dark. Once we drove through the town onto the back roads, it was even worse. Dense treetops bowed out over the road, blocking the moon for the majority of the drive. The headlights fought to pierce the thick fog covering the roadway. Scott couldn't have picked a better night to come out here. I'm not easy to scare, but my palms are starting to sweat a little. The hair on my forearms are on end, sending tiny pinpricks of electricity up my spine every time they brush the interior of the car. Despite the balmy weather, I felt a chill creep along my skin. We rode in silence for the better part of the trip before Scott pulled over and parked. 
He turned to face me, looked me in my eyes, and grinned. We're here. Without breaking eye contact, he killed the headlights and turned off the engine. The world descended into darkness, an inky black nothing that swallowed us up. Could you imagine Bunny Man just standing at the car? Like, kill the headlights and you just see Bunny Man. <sighs> Without the thrum of the old Jeep's engine, it was a quiet. It was as quiet as a grave. The sudden silence left my ears ringing. So we drove all the way out here. Now what? I looked out the window, squinting, trying to see. The scant moonlight that cut through the canopy of leaves didn't illuminate much. We walked to the bridge. Scott didn't wait for me to respond. He got out of the car and closed the door. He began walking down the road, not looking back. I wasn't about to let him wander off without me. Scott is a disaster waiting to happen, and I didn't feel like spending my evening with him in the ER again. I jumped out of the jeep and followed him. The road meandered through the thick trees for a few hundred yards before coming to a tight curve. We walked through the still night, side by side. Rounding the bend in the road, we reached an area where the tree cover was thinner and the moonlight broke through. The road narrowed into a concrete tube cutting through a small raised embankment. It was too dark to see the top of the elevated roadway. In the waning moonlight, the tunnel was a little more than a yawning black opening, flanked in pale gray concrete. Bunny Man Bridge, Scott said with a sense of triumph in in his voice. He took out his phone and turned to face me. Leave it to this idiot to take a selfie at a time like this, I thought. He made a stupid face, moved the phone around to line up the photo, and pressed the screen. As he did, I noticed movement near the tunnel. At first, I thought I was seeing things. But then I saw it again. From the bushes on the side of the structure, a tall, white form emerged. Scott saw the look on my face and spun around, phone in hand. The flashlight on his iPhone came on and lit the roadway. Mm-hmm. Standing there in front of the gaping black maw of the underpass was a man in a bunny suit, well over six feet tall and gangly, all limbs and no mass. Oh, fuck. That's the worst type of big. It's the scariest type of big to be. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather some, like, hefty thing. You know? <laughs> not, but not too big. Because, like, there's big. there's a level. But, yeah. like, average building mm-hmm. big, like, gangly in the big is the worst. Mm-hmm. Fuck no, big. There was a yellow and red fire axe uh, gripped in his hands. The long, slender ears of the bunny suit swayed behind him as he slowly made his way towards us. Dark patches stained the front of his suit. I didn't need to stretch my imagination to figure out what it was. Blood. Scott stammered and backpedaled into me. Without thinking, I reached behind me and removed my compact pistol from its holster. I pointed the gun at the approaching form and leveled the tritium sight on center mass. Back the fuck up. I tried to sound commanding. But even I could hear the warble in my voice. I'll fucking shoot you. Swear to God. Leave. He said. The bunny man didn't stop. He continued moving forward towards us, closing the gap. The axe swayed back and forth in front of him. And as he neared, I could see there was there was blood on the blade. 
I told myself to be rational. This was obviously a guy playing a prank on Halloween. Shoot him in the leg. There was He was trying to scare some idiots who came to see the bridge. But most people would drop that shit in a heartbeat when there was an, a loaded gun pointed at them. He kept coming. The movement was slow, but he kept pacing towards us. I couldn't see his face in the deep shadows, but I could tell. I knew that he was staring me in the eye. He pivoted and ran full bore towards Scott. I didn't hesitate. I exhaled, relaxed my arms, and squeezed the trigger. Gently. The recoil shook my already strained muscles. The bunny man staggered, slowed, and slumped down into the roadway. He had only moved a few dozen feet from the mouth of the tunnel to where he now sat. The scent of cordite tainted the cool air. Crimson oozed from the front of his suit and joined the darker brown patch already there. The axe slipped from his grip, making a dull clunk on the asphalt. Scott stammered, mouth moving like a dying fish. He turned and ran back towards towards the jeep. I kept my gun trained on the man and approached with caution. The bullet struck him in the chest, but not in the heart. Still, I was sure he wasn't going to last long. I moved to the side kicking the axe away from him. Scott, call the police, I yelled. He didn't respond. I let go of the gun with my left hand and reached for my phone. My right hand, still holding my pistol, betrayed my frayed nerves. It vibrated at the end of my arm. The man coughed and sputtered, blood splattering his lips. Please. He choked out. He reached for his midsection. I assumed he was going to press his hand to the wound but it disappeared in a pouch in the front of the bunny suit. I hadn't noticed it due to the huge, dark smear across the front. His hand came out, holding a furry, black object. A rabbit. Neck broken and head hanging limply to the side. He reached his arm as far forward as he could, which wasn't far, and tried to fling it to his side, back toward the tunnel opening. It landed two feet away with a sickening thud. He looked at me in the eye. For the first time, I really took in his features. He was young. My age. Younger, even. Clean cut. I don't know... I don't know what I was expecting. Crazy eyes, maybe? Homeless drifter meth mouth? I'm not sure. But it wasn't this. Please! He coughed out again, motioning toward the rabbit. He opened his mouth to speak, but all that came out was a pained cry, followed by a wheezing, gurgling sound. I had hit him in the lung. I stared at the rabbit, trying to understand the situation. I was in shock, looking back on it. You never know how you're going to react to a fucked up situation that life throws at you until you're there. That was the first time I had paid attention to my surroundings since I initially saw him. The moon had shifted and I could see the opening of the tunnel now, at the large black fingers splayed on either side of the concrete. The opening was at least 12 feet wide, and somehow these hands were grabbing both sides at once. Hands that had to be a foot long, easy. Two tiny red orbs danced in the darkness, the light refracting and giving them an odd pale glow. That's when I first heard the scratching. 
slow, like a labored dragging of heavy furniture across an ancient wooden floor, followed by a ticking, tapping sound. The bunny man heard it too. His eyes grew wide, his mouth trembling. He attempted to speak again, but all that came out was that wet, rattling cough. He fell over, trying to reach the rabbit. I'm not sure why I didn't run for the jeep. I sincerely wish I had. Bone and gun forgotten, I grabbed the rat carcass. It was still warm. I threw, I threw it, with everything I had left in me, into the dark opening. The silence grew palpable. The table shadow fingers retreated into the tunnel. I heard a sickening crunch. The dragging started again, retreating into the depths of the darkness. I looked at the bunny man, laying on the ground, labored to breathe. His face relaxed and smiled. His unfocused eyes locked on me, and he looked relieved. Your problem, he said, then laughed. The laugh turned into a gurgling, choking noise, and then he laid still. I walked to Scott's truck and found him curled up on the floor of the back seat crying. Man's just been in the fucking fetal position, bawling. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I regained my senses enough to call the police at this point. They came out, took the statements and my pistol. They held us for a while. The bunny man was a student who had been living in the area. We didn't find out much else. They found two more dead bunnies in the pocket of his outfit. They determined I had fired in self-defense and I wasn't charged with any crime. Scott never asked to go to the Bunny Man Bridge again. He moved out a few months later, and I haven't spoken to him since. Time went by. My therapist told me I imagined the thing in the tunnel, that it was just my way of coping with killing a man who intended to do harm on me and my friends. I began to believe it. October came again. The Halloween passed without an incident. I was curious, though, about why I never heard anyone talk about the real Bunny Man after what happened. You think that would add to the legend, but I never, but I never saw it mentioned anywhere online or in the news. I was reading a forum post about local Virginia legends when the Bunny Man Bridge came up. Most people regurgitated the same old tales about escaped convicts and supernatural rabbits, but one person posted something that chilled my blood. They found another corpse this year, Eaton. Hasn't happened in five, maybe six years. The bunny man must be gone. Cold crept up my spine. The bunny man must be gone. I could hear the sickening crunch of that thing eating the rabbit. Corpses. Eaten. Your problem. It took me a while to come to terms with what happened. I spent the better part of this year driving to Clifton and walking through the tunnel during the day. I want to know every inch of that road before October. Nobody is going to die this year. I've already purchased a bunny suit and an axe. I'm not sure where to get the rabbits from, but I have time. It's only August after all. That gave me goosebumps. In <laughs> me too. I like and I'd already read the story. <laughs> that was good. So he became the bunny man. Mm -hmm. So he has to feed... Is that the plot of fucking Donnie Darko to some degree? I feel like uh, it fucking to, might we be. We have to watch Donnie Darko because I don't know. So yeah, so like you, he has to feed. Mm -hmm. So that's why the bunny was scaring everybody off on that mm -hmm. night. Because mm -hmm. it's like in the tunnel that night. Mm -hmm. So the bunny man isn't a malevolent. He's a predictor. 
protector. He's a protector. He's trying to protect you. And that's why he was, yeah, scaring everybody off, saying, like, you have to, you're trespassing. Get it off. Get off this property. But also not a chosen. Like, he is, like, cursed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know how the curse originated from, right. though. But, yes, he's cursed. And now that if you kill the bunny man, then you become the bunny man. Mm-hmm. And now you have to save everybody in the town from getting eaten by whatever is in the bunny man's bridge. There's a bunny man, though. Does the well, bunny I guess man? not really. He didn't say... There was nothing indicative of it being a bunny in the tunnel. But what if it is? I mean, it probably is, but I mean... There was giant nothing. demon bunny? Which is some kind of giant demon, but yeah. I, I... In my head canon, it's a giant demon bunny, so... So, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us at the Spookyzy Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and now Twitter. Again, if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to share it with a friend and we will see you next week bye bye Lorisha. <laughs>